Welcome back to episode 188 of Your Best Year Starts Here. And how are we going to make this episode phenomenal? Well, it's really interesting because I was asked the other day, how do we get people who are working either remotely, virtually, and flexible working, how do we get them to thrive in that way? Okay. And it got me thinking about what's the real basis of why people come to work? And why do we have this idea that where you work has to be X and how many hours it needs to be? And I think I've used this quote before, which says, if you trust an individual enough to hire them, you should trust them enough to get them to get their work done whenever and wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be a hard concept for some people. We employ people because we think they're going to add value. Yep. Then we micromanage them to share how we want things to be done. Then we set a set of rules in place that stifles their imagination. And then we expect them to think outside the box when there's a different issue going on with the client. Mm-hmm. So LLB, the shirt company, a company where you have to get permission to say no. Um, people like that are saying to people, what do you need to be most effective so you can be phenomenal at work? What's stopping you being phenomenal at work? Who's getting in your way of being phenomenal at work? And if you're listening to this, the answer is you. Mm-hmm. You are getting in most people's way, either personally or for your staff yep. and when we have done group interviews with staff nearly every single person has said if i just got left alone and was trusted i'd do a great job now this episode will have come out after we've had a heat wave in the uk the idea of asking half of your staff to come on a train or a bus or a coach or a flight to sit in a room with people who are smelly, stinky, sweaty, and then in an ice-cold office, because if you've got air conditioning, if you've got, it's then too cold, and then you're expecting them to go out, get hot, go back on a train, and then inspire their family, just so that they can come into an office is nearly a waste of time. Now, I've got two hats here, because I have a city group of people who I work with and train who are selling office space. And, of course, they need people to come into the office. Yep. But people don't have to come in five days a week to be phenomenal. So the question is, are you the competitor of your own business? And are you the competition in your own workplace by being an absolute knob? (laughs) Okay. And and I I say that in the nicest way because, yeah, imagine if I said to you, look, Neil. So we've gone from how to be phenomenal to how to be less of a knob. Yeah, because in my opinion, it's the same thing. Be phenomenal or less of a knob because you're getting in the way. Because imagine I said to you, you know, you've got to pick your daughter up from school on Friday, okay, and it's going to be 33 degrees, but I'd like you to come around the M25 to my house so we can do this podcast. Yeah, we've already acknowledged sometimes our podcasts work better when we're face-to-face. I think on the hottest day of the year, the best thing to do is for you to pick up your daughter from school, go to an ice cream uh, van, um, I'm not saying walls or anybody because we're not being paid enough by them. And you go to a park, have some fun, go to a paddling pool, have some fun. 
But uh, if, if, if we're going to go anywhere, that. if we're going to go anywhere for ice cream here in Cheltenham, there is a little place that makes its own ice cream that is okay. phenomenal. Yeah, well, you're just teasing me now. I know I am. I'm, 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 I'm maybe suggesting well, on Friday with the ice cream. Well, it, it'll come. melt. It'll melt because it's hot. But if <laughs> no, you come no, here, see, but if, if you, you come here, phenomenal. <laughs> if you were phenomenal, you'd get an ice bucket and you'd make sure it wasn't okay. But it's not actually, if I was going to be phenomenal, I'd come in my camper van and I'd put it in the freezer. Exactly right. But there you go. Yeah. Here's the point I'm saying. The amount of work you'd get done knowing that you had a deadline to conform to, and if I trusted you, you would just do it anyway, probably by the Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So let's think about this for your office. What are you doing to allow your people to be so focused to make sure they can do the job so that when a Friday occurs, like this week, so I was working with the NHS in Cornwall. I don't know if I share this. And what this there's a company around the corner from where this office is within the NHS, and they're a procurement company. That if the weather's great, they're allowed to go surfing. They're part of a surfing shop. I think we have talked about this before. I don't know if it was okay. on the podcast. We've talked about it. I don't know if okay. we've broadcast. But the it. concept for them is to say that's what we love to do. We'll be branding our we'll have branded equipment, whatever we'll our t-shirts on, saying whatever. But what can you do? And I accept that if you work for the NHS or you're a teacher or you're in retail, you may have to be there. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you now, there are lots of things you could do to get out of the way of your staff to trust them enough to do the job they do without micromanaging them and then feeling like I can't have some independence. Well, I, I, th- I think there's a difference between uh, outcome-based, like team leadership or like task-based team management. And I deliberately shifted from leadership to management in the way that I said that. Because, I know why. You know, because people I've met, some of them, you know, very focused on, I want to know every single thing you do, exactly how you do it, every single detail. They never get the best out of people, but they're managing a process that has people delivering it. Leaders lead people. And for me, the difference is people versus process. Right, so you're either managing a process, and you're saying you are the people that are doing it, and I've got to make sure you're doing it right, or you're leading people, and you're saying, look, this is the outcome I need you to create. I trust you enough to go and create it. And having run teams in multiple countries, you know, over well, actually not Zoom, but you know, WebEx, Skype, various tools pre-Zoom for a number Teletext. of weeks. Teletext. Yeah, not quite that old, <laughs> you know, but having managed teams that are, are, are global using you know different technologies over the years you, you have to trust people because i couldn't be in you know i had an office in sao paulo i had an office in eindhoven I had an office in the middle east i had an office here in the uk i couldn't be in all of those places at once i had business partners in the us a business partner in taiwan you know i couldn't be in all those places at once going how are you doing what's going on but but could i have a call with them you know once a week or once every two weeks and review things could i make sure that i was available if they had a problem you know and again i I had a i had a conversation with someone that i used to work with this is an interesting one i had a conversation with someone i used to work with and i was saying my ideal person to hire is someone that when they find a problem they come to me with a solution and say is this okay or even they come to me with two or three solutions and say which one should i run with neil not the person that just comes to me with a problem. And the person I was discussing this with was like, you're dreaming. Where are you going to find people like that? But guess what? 
I have done. Now, not every single person's going to think that way and not in every single job and not at every single pay scale. And, and I get all of that. But a lot of it's about how much they feel trusted. Because if someone feels like when they come to you with an idea, it will get shot down, they won't come with the idea. They'll just come with the problem. Whereas if you're good at embracing and coaching, you know, embracing the ideas people come with and coaching them to make them even better, guess what happens? They come with the ideas. You know, or they just execute on them and you never even know there was a problem in the first place because the problem's already been dealt with, which is the ideal scenario. You know, but I think, again, I think a lot of people, particularly who start small businesses where initially it's only them, they're looking to almost clone themselves. And that's not normally the best thing to do. The best thing to do is not so much clone yourself. It's to go, this is the outcome we're trying to create in the business or for our clients or whatever. What's the best way of doing that? Well, actually, maybe the people I hire know a better way than me. You know, maybe I can learn from them. Maybe there's going to be some stuff that's done here. Where I go, that's, that's phenomenal, you know. And if I embrace that, I'll be less of a knob. And maybe that's the point, you know. See, there you go. You've joined in on the knob factor. Absolutely. Well done. That, that's twice now. You're normally the one that makes us have the parental explicit sticker on our podcast, you know. I'm not sure if knob gets you parental advisory or not, actually. I don't know where the, where the boundary is on that. But, you know, I, I figured this time you've used it a couple of times. I use it a couple of times. Why not? It's not that. I, I'd use the word knob in front of my 13-year-old. It's not that offensive, is it? Come on. Okay, good. Well, well as long as it's down to her and she's our censorship, that's fine. Well, you, you, I, I, I think I've talked about this before, but my book, Dumbbeats Perfect, not not my other book, my other book's got some strong language in it, um, but Dumbbeats Perfect, I actually went through and censored myself to make sure that I thought it was appropriate for her to be able to read it. So, you know, all, all the bad language got taken out because it's like, it doesn't need to be in there. The original draft had loads of it. It's like, actually, it's not necessary. So I took it out, you know. Okay, so there's just an interesting thing about language, that when you're communicating with your team, I'd love you to start thinking, is the words that I'm sharing empowering them to make decisions or disempowering them to ask more questions? Yep. Because that's the way phenomenal teams, and you've led, you know, Neil, some phenomenal teams over the last 20 years to make phenomenal decisions. Yep. Phenomenal leaders ask phenomenal questions to give people phenomenal power to make their own decisions. Yep. Shite leaders ask shite questions and they get shite performance. Yep. And then they wonder why. So it's up to everyone today to make a decision. We don't have to be that good. We just have to allow our people to be their absolute best. You know, when we started the podcast, it was your best year starts here. In order to have your best year, you need to have nice, kind people who are trusted to deliver their absolute best. Yep. And you won't win every single time. Yep. But you'll have dedicated staff who become partners who want to make a difference wherever and whenever they're working. Yep. So that when you need someone to make a phone call at seven o'clock, they will say no problem because if they need to go home at three o'clock for their doc for the daughter's son's doctor's appointment, that's also okay. Yeah. And you know that any member of staff who is not there for their doctor's kid's appointment is not in the room anyway, not because they're focusing about it. Then the grief they're going to get when they get home from their partners is is just immense. Yeah. Well, it's it's a bit like the person in a meeting. Right. And again, we've 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 all been in a meeting with someone where this has happened. It's a person in a meeting where their phone rings and you can see they've seen who's ringing them. But they stay in the meeting and they don't answer it. Now, depending on who's calling them, sometimes it makes no difference at all. But if it's a call they've been waiting for and they stay in the meeting, but they don't answer the call. Are they actually in the meeting or are they thinking about what's on that voicemail? Well, you know, they're not in the meeting and the leader 
should have asked that original question. Does anyone need to answer their phone? What's going to happen to make it phenomenal? Because step out. I mean, yeah. I still remember doing a meeting not far from you in Bath, okay, where a guy said, I'm waiting for a $15 million order. Mm-hmm. I said, let me tell you, if you get it, we we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. And the phone rang and said, should I t- take it now or wait? I said, let me just share. We're doing a break now for as long as it needs. Yep. Because all of us wanted him to, to win the order, to vicariously share with this person. And, and even if it didn't go well, then we need to do some coaching. Yep. But it thankfully did go well. And next week I'll share why you need to be present even more so now with all the gadgets like people like you have on their desks because it's getting in the way of proper communication. The, the people like me, I've seen your desk. Your desk is more chaotic than mine. I've got one and a half screens and I've got a couple <laughs> But there's a point, one and a half screens. How does anyone have a half a screen? Well, you've made my it's, point, it's, it's you've made my thing. point perfectly. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Your best shit starts right here.